0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the BT Podcast. The best part of life is football, and the best part of football is FPL. In this pod, we talk our hearts out about the latter and a bit about the former. Hi, I am Prithish.
1: Hi, I'm Siddharth. How's everyone doing? I hope uh, you've had a good game week, Prithish.
0: International break was fine, but how are you keeping now? I mean, you were unwell, so.
1: How
0: things at your
1: end? Um, yeah, I'm much better now. Uh, had a very bad power flu. And I'm uh, just grateful it's not COVID. Um, just a little update. I was away uh, celebrating a birthday with my family. Uh, hence the little bit of a hiatus. Um, it's all good now. Back and back to the grind. So looking forward to speaking about the game we so dearly love.
0: Yeah, so you you played your wild card. So why don't you tell us? Why don't we talk a little bit about that and just get an idea of what are yeah. your next steps? So what are your plans from here? Um, yes, I did use my wild card. It was a bit
1: of a mechanical move. I always thought, uh, as you know, off air we've often discussed our plans, and uh, I've always targeted this international gaming to use my wild card. And I I'm sitting on a good 64 points this past game week, so I think it was a it wasn't a fantastic hit, but it wasn't really that bad either. 64 points is a fairly decent return, um, and I think I have covered a lot of uh, areas in my team that I thought were weak spots. So all in all, I'm pretty happy with my wild card. My only uh, regret is a last-minute switch from Callum Wilson to Jiménez and uh, we all know what happened
0: after. I think Jiménez will come good in the next few matches, so that shouldn't be an issue. And uh, Newcastle will be going through transition now. By the way, Lampard and Gerard are uh, one of two of the three people who are right on top of the bookie's odds for becoming the next Newcastle coach? Exciting times for uh,
1: the fans uh, in Tyneside. Um, It's a big club, has a lot of good, uh, has a big, huge fan base. Has a lot of good things happening for them, uh, finally, in terms of uh, investment. And um, I I think they they deserve this chance of having uh, some really good world superstars playing there because I mean, no one's, uh, it should never be a given, right? So, no one's birthright that their club should be winning. It's all based on merit. But given the magnitude of the football club and the fan base, I think uh, there's a lot to be excited about for Newcastle fans. And uh, listeners of the sport will know how I do have a very soft spot for Newcastle, being a big Alan Shearer fan. So, yeah, I'm excited for them. Um, I'm actually very excited for them. Exciting times.
0: Yeah. So, so how's your season been so far? And uh, um, where do you sit in terms of being satisfied, dissatisfied? Okay. Um,
1: by and large, I'm pretty, I'm pretty okay with things. I mean, I have nothing to complain. Um, barring a couple of game weeks, I've had a fairly decent run. Um, to be honest with you, I did structure my my game a lot more than I have in the previous seasons, and I think it's uh, it's coming to life. I think whatever I've planned has, by and large, worked for me. So I'm pretty satisfied with the way things have turned out so far. Um, just to take stock, I'm the one thing I will say is, barring a few mistakes, I've been sailing through pretty well.
0: Mm. What's your uh... Like, in terms of rank, where do you sit right now? Um, I am just under 200,000,
1: which is not that bad. Mm -hmm. And uh, this time last year, I was just under a million. So, it's progress. And Mm -hmm. after using my wildcard, I'm even more confident about my team going forward, at least for the next two to three game weeks. So, um, yeah, quite optimistic about my chances this term. What about you, Pratish? How how are you sitting with your team
0: and how how has your season been uh, going for you so far? I'm sitting at 377K right now. So just about inside uh, 400K. Um, And we are separated by 13 points. So still the league is uh, in, like the season is quite tightly packed, I would say. I mean, um, practically, 200k separated by 13 points. That 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 means that there's a lot more to come. Uh, one of the bigger things which I've learned in this season, um, it's it's something which I mean, um, I mean, I don't know if it's a learning or it's something which it it always makes sense in hindsight. Is that uh, most of the players I bring in. Because I know, uh, because I see something in them, whether it be pre-season or whether it be mid-season, uh, they usually end up giving me returns over a period of three, four weeks for sure. And all the players I bring in with this intent of chasing points and not being left behind, somehow they always disappoint me, and. Uh, for me, some of the players in the first bracket this season have been Son. Uh, I had him in the first three game weeks. Um, he gave me fairly decent returns then. Um, I brought in Saar after game week three, who also gave me fairly good returns and I wasn't chasing points with him. Um, I, I brought in Antonio and since I brought him in, he's plummeted completely. I think I've just forgotten. got 10 points from him. I got him in, uh, I think, game week four. That's the game when uh, he got a red card. And post that, he's just plummeted completely. He's nowhere close to the kind of returns he was giving in the first three game weeks. So I think moving forward for the remaining 30 games or so of the, week, of the season, my plan is to have players uh, I think can do and uh, stick to them. So, for example, I have Saka right now. And uh, though there is a huge temptation and the hive mind is saying that one should own Rafinha, I think I will stick to Saka even if he is injured for the next game week. But I'm going to stick to him. Because I have a feeling over the next four to five game weeks, he's going to give me good returns. So that's where I am. Uh, quite optimistic, not disappointed. Uh, still feel that I've had a good start to the season. So yeah. Looking forward. Yeah, you don't have any reason to be disappointed, to be honest, because
1: as you alluded to, our ranks being 200k apart. But if you look at points, we're only 13 points away from each other. So, yeah, there's a lot to be excited about for your team as well. Um, just on a side note, not that you have jinxed uh, Mikel Antonio. I think it's... Uh, just let me know when you sell him so that I can jump on him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I... I am very close to selling him this week. The only thing holding me back is that I have bigger fires in my team. Um, I'm very close. I, I was very like I would have sold him this week if I hadn't have other fires to put out. Um Fair enough. I'm very Fair enough. yeah. Yeah. So moving on, who who, according to you, have been the surprises of this season so far. Players we didn't expect anything from. Actually, let me start uh, with this segment. I mean, because there's one player I've been hyping throughout the, I think that at least the first six game weeks and he's returned quite well uh, is Maupé. I mean, uh, he has done pretty well. Um, he has, along with his team gotten rid of the ghost of the underperforming XG team and player, and he has given fairly decent returns. Um, I mean, the, the, I the, ironic, the irony lies in the fact that he didn't give any returns against Norwich uh, in the last match. But I think a lot of people uh, brought him in thinking that it's a matchup against Norwich, but I, I think the last game plus everything earlier, It was quite evident that Mope was being able to do Mope things because of Welbeck and the kind of support which Danny Welbeck was providing. Uh, With Danny Welbeck out, Mope might not be able to give anything. So yeah, good to know that Mope was a surprise. But I don't think there's any point uh, owning him or bringing him in. In the at least, one not for the next two games. They have City and Liverpool. What Good you? point. Good point. Um,
1: my surprise of the season so far is going to, you know, really take you by surprise because I think Mohamed Salah is the surprise of the season, and I say that because barring one game, he's always given you an attacking return, right? And uh, he is currently the best player on planet Earth. I'm a huge Mohamed Salah fan, and The the, the consistency he's shown in football, in the Premier League, and the way he plays, and even as an FPL asset, is absolutely admirable. He just, you know, if you don't have Salah in your side, you're not going anywhere in this game, is what I think. And uh, he started the game at 12.5 and he currently sits at 12.8 and his stock is only rising. Um, That speaks volumes for the season he's having and he's just on another on another planet right now and while I'm talking about Salah being my surprise package, besides him, the only other player I think who I put my bets, my money on and I was betting heavily for him to perform well was uh, Livramento, uh, Chelsea Academy prospect moving to Southampton and He's been that 4.0 enabler who's gotten really good points uh, for the price that he's at. So, these are my two surprises, Pradesh. Anyone that has disappointed you in the game so far who you had a lot of expectations from but they did not, uh, you know, give you their
0: money's worth? I think before I move on to that, I just want to uh, say that LibraMento right now is starting all games in my team. Till he gets injured, I don't see any reason for not starting him until. And I and the good part is that uh, their really tough uh, back-to-back challenging fixtures are done with. So now, for example, they have Burnley, Watford, Aston Villa, Norwich, followed by Liverpool away, where I might not play. Then Leicester, Brighton at home, then Arsenal away, then Crystal away, Brentford at home. West Ham away. Like the entire line of teams that they are up against, I think Livramento is going to be a permanent fixture in my backline. And uh, that just enables me to not worry about, say, I have a 4.5 uh, player in Marsal. And I don't need to worry about him at all because he's never going to start in my... So, I think Lira Mento is a huge enabler. Uh, and, yeah, really, I think he's, 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 been my, uh, he's been a huge surprise for me also. Uh, coming down to disappointments, I think the biggest disappointment for me has been Tony. Um, because uh, if we really get down to brass tacks, he has only two goals and two assists in eight games. Which is good, which is really good for a um, for a six point5 million starting player but I am disappointed for multiple reasons uh, first of all, I expected him to be more of a pointsman in terms of being the goal scoring point or the goal scoring focal point of the team, which he isn't he's playing a fairly deeper role than He is trying to help out Mbuemo and Mbuemo is just like, I know it's going to be an unpopular opinion, but Mbuemo just seems like a slightly improved version of Traore when it comes to finishing. Uh, He's been hitting the goalpost multiple times, but I'm sorry, hitting the goalpost is not the same as scoring a goal and he's done it six times already. So, I I, that's a little disappointing because I expected Tony beat twice in the last guy.
1: game against Chelsea. Sorry, you were saying? I'm saying he hit the post twice against Chelsea in the last game. That itself was uh, you know, a testament of the fact that he's been really unlucky and how he should have been giving his uh, FPL owners a lot
0: more points. Yeah. So, so yeah, for me, the one of the biggest disappointments has been Tony because. I, I mean, it's very hard to believe that the MVP of the championship last season has scored only one goal from open play in the starting eight game weeks. That's, That's little... fair. And, and and yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh,
1: sorry to interject you there, but I agree with you because Brentford as a team in the last eight games have scored 10 goals. It's not like they're not scoring at all. And if they have scored 10 goals, I'd like to know that my talisman, my pointsman, my marksman, the MVP as you have, you said a uh, short while back, has to be at the end of at least five to six of them. So, yeah, he has been a huge disappointment. I agree with you.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he's my biggest disappointment. Uh, besides that, I, there's no such… I think for me, not a player, but team-wise, Leeds has been a disappointment. I know they've had their fair share of injuries. But even the way they started, uh, their inability to convert goals. Burnley is a team, everyone is pummeling. Everyone is, uh, they are the whipping boys. But Leeds couldn't even score decently against them. So, for me, I think more than a player, Leeds has been a huge, huge, huge disappointment. Fair enough.
1: Speaking of disappointments, for me, personally, I think, all your premium players, all your premium assets, barring Mohamed Salah, have all disappointed. You look at Aubameyang, Ronaldo, Lukaku, Bruno Fernandez, Harry Kane, even Kevin De Bruyne. None of them have really fired. And they're all priced so highly. If you are calling them premium assets, you're making them that much, that much more expensive uh, players in the game to own. You you expect a lot more from them, and I mean I'm not going to mince my words. I think they've been huge flops if you come if you look at them uh, from an FPL point of view. So for me, all the premium ass- assets barring uh, Mohamed Salah have been huge disappointments.
0: Yeah. So when you say premium, if you if we are including Aubameyang, then we should we also need to take note of uh, Wadi and Son uh, because. Uh, these two players have returned and they are in that Oba to Ronaldo bracket, that 10 to uh, 12.5 bracket. Uh, so these two have not, along with Salah, who Salah is on a, on some other level this season. And I, I, think, I, I would like to differ there.
1: I mean, I know you speak of Son and Obama, uh, because I brought up Obame in the premium bracket and you speak of Son and Wadi. Yes, Wadi 100%. I honestly, was, is uh, is one of his biggest detractors because of his age. And I don't think he's going to be sustainable for a long period of time, given his age and everything. But he's proved me wrong. So, yes, Wadi, I agree with you. But uh, Jung and Son, not really. Because I don't think uh, a midfielder costing 10, scoring only 3-4 to goals is a big deal. I mean,
0: I would but expect we, much more football. But we need to look at absolute points. Uh, Wadi has... Uh, Vadi has scored 56 points and he's 0.5 more expensive than son and son has scored 51 points so there is a difference of 5 points and 0.5 uh, in price so i i but then I'm, also Vadi
1: plays as a forward and son is a midfielder in the game right so he gets that much more points
0: he? yeah and and all of that gets like it gets uh, equated in the 0.5 difference all i'm saying is that it's unfair to call Vadi a hit and Son a flop uh, on absolute numbers.
1: Fair, but I, I, I mean, I've never been a big fan of your wins on, uh, especially this season. Uh, given the fact that a very defensive-minded coach like you know, Espirito Santos is their manager. So, I honestly didn't expect that much from him. So, he didn't really disappoint me. But yeah, fair enough. What you're saying is, does make sense and is right to an extent. Um, a big disappointment for me, besides the premiums, has been uh, Jack Relish. Such an explosive player moving to one of the most explosive teams in Europe, and I don't think he's produced like I would want him to. I mean, although there is uh, a narrative that you know he that he has been playing a number eight as opposed to a number eleven or a number ten, and yeah, that's a very good argument to make. But still, I would expect a lot more given that he's pretty nailed on in this Pep Guardiola side. He plays a lot of minutes uh, in that Manchester City attack. So, he's also been uh, very disappointing to me. Speaking of players and uh, surprise packages and disappointments, what are your teams that have, you know, taken you by surprise and who you are interested in moving forward as a team?
0: Disappointment, I think I've already uh, mentioned Leeds. For me, in terms of teams who have really outperformed themselves. I would say Brighton. There were all signs of them doing well last season. Uh, I mean, I am a huge fan of uh, expected stats and um, I guess one season is not enough for the curve to settle, but it definitely does settle over a period of time. And uh, Brighton has been a really, really good uh, team in that, in that way. I mean they've really done well. So, yeah. And any team which, which you are specifically like happy with or you're delighted by, uh, which you were not, whom you were not expecting to do really well? Um, it's a bit of a mixed bag. If I'm speaking
1: of teams of interest moving forward, for me, um, or also reminiscing uh, whatever few games you've had so far, I think Brentford have held their own. They're a small team coming into the Premier League after decades. I think they've really made their mark, and they deserve to be. They deserve to be in the Premiership. They don't seem like fish out of water. They don't seem like they're going down very soon. They have a fantastic structure in place. Uh, Thomas Frank is doing a very good job, and I've been really, really, uh, you know, impressed by the way they've gone on and played their football. They also have a fantastic fixture list coming up. Where I think they will accumulate more points and be in the top end of, I mean, the top half of the table. So yeah, Brentford for me has been uh, a huge plus, and they are a team of my interest uh, moving forward. The other team, besides Brentford, I think, and only purely because of uh, the expected investment coming in in terms of uh, playing staff, is Newcastle United, who I did speak about uh, a little bit earlier in the spot that uh, exciting times for Newcastle and their fans. And it'll be fun to see now that Steve Bruce has also vacated his job, who gets to take on uh, the mantle at uh, Newcastle and uh, what what lies in
0: store for them. So, that that more or less, I think, sums up uh, the teams which are worth exciting. Are are there any teams which you would like... um, Actually, let me ask this question and go for it uh, with my with an example, which is for me that team. Is there any team which is uh, like a shapeshifter team that when they seem good, they they are bad, but when they seem bad, they might be good? Uh, like for me, Leicester as an entire team seems to be that team this season. Um, that when you when there is nothing going in favour for them. They will go out and win. Uh, when there's no reason for things to settle, they will settle. Uh, when people are expecting the defence to work, the attack will start working. Uh, I mean, it's just a very strange team. It's very difficult to get a grip on them. So, is there any other team which comes to your mind which is very, which has been very tough to get a grip on? Um, Leicester is definitely that, that team
1: who uh, lives up to that. Besides that, I also to an extent feel, given the investment and the experience Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has had at the club, uh, that is Manchester United, and with their most important player coming back, uh, that is Cristiano Ronaldo, I expect a lot of things from them. And I think they have disappointed. And, you know, when I did not expect anything of them last season, they, they overachieved, in my opinion. And now that they strengthened their team, getting in Varane, Sancho and Cristiano Ronaldo, who alone is such a big boost and a plus, um, I feel they're not living up to my expectation of them uh, doing well. And, you know, just very, very disappointed by their lacklustre performance so far. Mm. uh, what
0: What do you have to say for our listeners? Um, in terms of what should be they doing moving forward? Or let me reframe that question. What would your approach be now for the remaining 30 games? Now that you've played your first wildcard, how are you looking at the next 30 game weeks? Uh, what are the things you've picked up and what are the things you're going to imply?
1: I'll be honest with you, 30 is uh, way too far away. Um, I'm going to take it 10 games at a time Um, and given that uh, I would definitely for the next 10 games want to play more defenders and a formation of 4-4-2 because I think that there's a lot of clean sheets for a lot of teams like Manchester City uh, Chelsea even Liverpool after their fixtures turn they will keep a lot of clean sheets so um, forget 10 like all the way till Boxing Day and even after and closer to New Year's, um, I think I'm going to definitely keep more. Uh, my my formation is going to be four four to keep more defenders in my squad, and I'm uh, that's that's the one uh, direction I'm looking at. And besides that, I, I'm not very impressed with our midfield options. Besides uh, Mohamed Salah, there is nobody else who I feel you know is uh, living up to their price tag. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne does not seem like, you know, somebody who's nailed on or who will give me a lot of attacking returns. So, I would say keep keep a four-man defence, keep Mohamed Salah, keep two cheap uh, or not not very expensive midfielders and invest in your forward line. That's my take and that's what I intend on doing uh, moving forward.
0: So, for me also, I'm also, in terms of team structure, I'm fairly comfortable with my back four right now. Um, I have finally been able to crack my back four, which I don't think I need to touch unless there are some massive injuries uh, in the team. Um, so, I'm quite happy. I've got one each from Liverpool, Chelsea, Man City. And then I have livramento and a 4.5 guy. So, the 4.5 guy will be a... Um, I mean, it will be a comfort transfer if I ever make one through the season, or it will just stay as a bench fodder. Um, in the middle, definitely I also believe that besides Salah, there is a, a huge gulf between Salah to Son. There's nobody near Son who's being consistent. And then from Son there is a straight jump down to the 6.5 level. So, there are very few players that you would like to put your money on in the midfield. And uh, in the forward line, definitely, that's where all the excitement lies. That's where you have exciting picks across almost all price points, starting from Broha, who if he starts playing regularly, starts getting minutes in Southampton, he will be a great player to watch out right up till... Uh, Lukaku and I'm sure Ronaldo will also catch form. Uh, having said that, I have a dirty feeling that um, this tough fixture run when people are going to remove Ronaldo, he's going to score them. I don't know. It's just a dirty feeling I'm getting. Uh, no logic, and, no sense. And, and
1: fair enough, he is he is he's uh, a proven goal scorer, he's a talisman, he is he is Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, you have to doubt him at your own peril. So Definitely, this could this could be true. This could come true, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. It's just that I feel, especially after Thomas Tuchel talking about how uh, mentally tired and how many games Romelu Lukaku has started, tonight is a turning point in his uh, near future. And when I say that, I mean if he does not start today and he gets the much that much needed rest midweek in the Champions League tonight, I see him going on a run. I see him starting against Norwich on Saturday. Then I see him getting rested against Villa midweek when they play uh, the Carabao Cup. And then I th- again see him starting the, the game after. So for me, that's that's one direction that I'm looking at and I'm keeping my eye peeled on because I feel he is definitely going to come good after four to five blanks that he's had. And um, for now, I'm very really happy ha- owning Romelu Lukaku. And I'm not going to feel bad about not having Priscian Mahmoud instead. Hmm.
0: I, another thing which I'm planning to do moving forward is to, I've tried it for eight weeks. I've gone with the high. I've tried to uh, do things which everyone is doing in the fear of being left out. Now I've consolidated myself. And now I think it's the time to just play my own game. Um, by the way, Patson Daka has scored four goals right now as we speak against... I'm Bahrain. a huge
1: and Daka fan. and I mean, if you're talking of pure statistics, him at Salzburg, his stats and his attacking uh, prowess was much better than a certain Erling Arlen. And that speaks volumes. So, he's a very, mm. very good player. And I, I like the fact that um, Brendan Rogers is... Easing him into the team because he doesn't need to chop and change so much. He already has Wadi, and this is Wadi's successor in the making. So um, I don't know how many minutes he'll get this season, but he's definitely going to be a superstar. I have big, big hopes from Patson Daka, and he's been a steal uh, for Leicester City. I feel at the price
0: that they paid for him. Definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, it makes me a little sad being a Liverpool supporter, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to see more of Patson and Daka. Even, even the last match, I think he came off the bench and he scored a goal. So, he is quite a mad talent. It's quite a mad see talent. And that, was, that was his
1: first goal, actually. It was his first goal in the Premier League. And once you've broken your duck, given the few opportunities and minutes you have, it's only going to go from strength to strength from here on, right? So... Which,
0: which might add a little bit of drama because I'm guessing a lot of people will move to Vardy. Um Let's see. Let's see how that pans out. Because... Uh, Ianacho played all 90 minutes today. Dhaka played all 90 minutes today against Partak Moscow and it was an away match. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how and when does Vardy start getting faded out of the team. Uh, I have a feeling it'll happen around game week 15-16 because that's usually the time around which Vardy starts running out of Red Bull in his system. And uh, yeah, that, that'll be an interesting time to for Leicester, because that's also the time when Leicester starts tipping. But if paxson takes the baton successfully from Vardy in that period, Leicester might have a better season, even better season than what they've been having for the last two uh, seasons. So that's something I'm interested to see. Anyway, I'm coming back to what I was talking about. My defence is set. Now I'm just going to play my own game and do things which are a little crazy. Uh, but things which just make me happy so let's see let's see how does that work out for me yeah that's that's a good ploy it's uh, it's a game at the end
1: of the day and it's paid for fun it's called fantasy premier league it's fantasy and uh, just have fun with it i mean i know we want to do well with our teams and uh, mini leagues and all of that but let's not uh, forget that this is all fun and games uh, at the heart of it so yeah I, I'm, I'm excited for you and now that i've used my wild card uh, there are a few positions where I've also taken a punt and I'm excited about. So, I think I'm going to do the same. I'm going to have a lot of fun with this team now.
0: Yeah, that's the way to go. So I think that's a wrap for today.
1: Yes, that should be it. Thank you so much for listening to us and uh, giving us your time. Um, really appreciate all the love that has come our way. Apologies again for the sabbatical. And uh, yeah, wishing every FPL player out there all the very best for Game Week 9 and beyond. May the greens be with you.